You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. you'll ever desire will be greater than what the phrase of that song says take me to your holy place Lord I want to be in your presence the desire and the longing of every individual is to be in the holies of holies the very presence of God thank God for Calvary and the veil that was rent that you and I can go boldly into the throne room of grace this morning and obtain mercy from him hallelujah could you just give the Lord a little bit of praise and a little bit of thanks this morning hallelujah 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 praise your holy name Jesus hallelujah hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you music for leading us into worship this morning you may be seated church It's good to be in the house of the Lord today, and we welcome all of our guests that are in person and online this morning. We want to welcome you this morning to the house of the Lord, and we're glad that you're here today. Amen. And we have had a busy week, and um, we were involved in three funerals this week, and then our business meeting was Wednesday night, and at the college on Thursday. And then we had all kinds of things happening at the church, single and single once again. That was taking place. And prayer, what a great group, 103 people out to prayer Friday night. That was wonderful. Amen. Thank God for that. And the men's breakfast that happened Saturday morning, what a good group that was there. Amen. And uh, one accord, married couples event. It, listen, if you didn't, if you didn't uh, sign up for that on Saturday, you missed it. Is that true, Dale? Yeah, we had fun. Oh, man, come on, guys. The ones that were there, like Wayne, there's more than. Did we have fun on Saturday? Yeah, we sure did. You, you don't want to miss the next one. Make sure you sign up for that. Amen. All these things that are happening for the married couples, and what a wonderful time we had with that. And then there was baby showers and all kinds of things that were taking place here at the church. We had a busy week, and here we are in the presence of God this morning. And I thank God for the opportunity we have to come into his house and to worship him in freedom. Amen. Liberty this morning. Are you glad to be free? Come on, church. Are you glad to be free this morning? (laughs) Hallelujah. Are you glad to be free today? Amen. Uh, All right. This happens to me from time to time, actually quite often. I reminisce about old things. And um, I got thinking, God had put a message into my heart a few weeks ago, and I was developing that. And my mind took me back to, Troy, is Troy still in here? Did he have to go out? I'll have to mention it again when he comes back. It's an old Lanny Wolf trio song, and it was written in the 70s, 
It's called a beautiful picture. Oh, he always paints a beautiful picture. The colors are so bright and gay. The people seem to, oh, I'm going to wait. He's coming. Troy, come back in. Oh, he's coming around the corner. I'm going to wait for him. This would be perfect. You always appreciate someone who appreciates what you're saying, don't you? And I can think of no one's going to appreciate this more than Troy. Troy, I waited for you to come back. Yeah. I'm talking about a song from the 70s, Troy, written by the Lanny Wolf Trio called A Beautiful Picture. I got reminiscent this week, and it fit right into my message. And the words go like this. Oh, he always paints a beautiful picture. The colors are so bright and gay. The people seem to look so happy. Oh, he knows how to paint them that way. Yes, he always paints a beautiful picture. It always seems to be ideal. Satan always paints a beautiful picture. But I found out that it's not for real. Oh, he never paints the tears of sorrow. He never paints a broken heart. He never paints the sad tomorrows or the many hours spent alone. He never paints the stars of disappointment, the hopes and dreams of life gone wrong. Satan never paints a heart that's broken or a light that's lost its song. He never paints of sin's delusion all the time you think that he's your friend. He never paints the sad confusion of a mind that's been a slave to him. No, he never paints the final chapter of a life that's spent in sin. No, he never paints the life hereafter. He can't afford to show the picture then. That's the way the enemy works. This morning, I want to speak to you. It's not always a beautiful picture. Not always a beautiful picture. See, you've seen some pictures this morning of people that seem to look so happy. People that's caught up in maybe a, a time of, of partying, drinking, smoking it up, maybe gambling, immoralities of some sort. Satan seems to always paint a beautiful picture of people having fun and laughing and enjoying each other. Some type of a relaxed atmosphere. The feel-good feeling, the pleasures of sin for a season. See, the Bible states that that is the case. As in the case of Moses, Hebrews 11 and 25 says, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. There are pleasures, the Bible says, in sin for a season, a short time. 
See, Satan never makes it appear that you're going to, you're going to get to choose how it's going to go. That's what he always wants you to think, how it's going to end and, 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 and what you're going to do and, 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 and getting what you want. And to a certain extent, that's true. But there's always a price to pay. Just like the words from the old song of the 70s of the Lanny Wolf Trio. The song projects what we always have known to be true. One side of the story. One side. The fake side. The tears of sorrow. The broken heart. The unrealistic side. The sad tomorrows. He never shows you that. He never does. The stars of disappointment and the dreams of life gone wrong, the delusional side. He never wants you to see that side. He only shows you half of the story. See, he never brings to you the pictures of the DUIs and the broken homes and the broken marriages and the abused children and the destroyed finances and the sexually transmitted diseases and the cancerous lungs and all of those things. He never shows you those. No, that's not the picture that's painted. That doesn't sell sin. But there's instances when the enemy paints also a sad picture, a bleak outlook, a picture that does not look so glamorous to try to win favor among God's people. He uses trickery to get people's attention. He has another scheme he uses to try to influence us in a negative way. And an example of that is found this morning in Joshua chapter 9. I want to preach to you that it's not always a beautiful picture that the enemy shows. Verse 3 of Joshua 9 says, And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they worked craftily and went and pretended to be ambassadors. And they took old sacks on their donkeys and old wineskins torn and mended old and patched sandals on their feet and old garments on themselves. And all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua, to the camp of Gilgal, and said to him, uh, and to the men of Israel, we have come from a far country. Now therefore make a covenant with us. Then the men of Israel said uh, to the Hittites or Hivites, uh, perhaps you dwell among us. How, how, uh, so how can we make a covenant with you? But they said to Joshua, we are your servants. And Joshua said to them, who are you and where do you come from? So they said to him, from a far country, your servants have come because of the name of the Lord your God. We have heard of his fame and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sion, uh, king of Heshbon and Og, king of Bashan, uh, who was at Asheroth. Therefore, our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us saying, take provisions with you for the journey and go to meet them and say to them, we are your servants. Now, therefore, make a covenant with us. This is the enemy. This bread of ours we took hot for our provisions from our houses on the day we departed to come to you. But now, look, it is dry and moldy. And these wineskins which we filled were new and 
See, they are torn, and these our garments and our sandals have become old because of the very long journey. Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. So Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live. And the rulers of the congregation swore to them. This morning, the enemy, he doesn't always paint a beautiful picture. That's only half the story. Sometimes he paints it the opposite way. He paints it in such a way that he uses it for trickery to get into the hearts of God's people. See, the Gibeonites use trickery to not be destroyed. Tolerate us. We will live among you and cause no problems. We just want to survive. We just want, we've heard how great God is, and we don't want you to destroy us. Uh, just, just let us live among you. That was their plea. Joshua, such a great leader and such a great man of God, fell for the trickery of their old uh, old clothes and their old sandals and their old wineskins and their moldy and old-looking bread. See, they heard, heard how Israel had destroyed Jericho and Ai, and they didn't want it to happen to them. Let me tell you this morning, the enemy knows that the power of God is real. You're not letting him in on something he doesn't already know. He knows he has already been defeated. He knows that Jesus was victorious at Calvary. Jesus walked in to hell and took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. The enemy knows that the Lord is victorious. He knows that greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. He knows all of those things. So what he tries to do this morning is use trickery and a false identity. He's always trying to dupe God's people. To cause them to fall into complacency and into a trap. To cause them to become lackadaisical in their walk with God and to take a break and sit back and just relax for a season. That's the enemy's goal is to use trickery to get into your life, into your home, and into your family. See, the Gibeons made it look like they had traveled from a far country. Their sacks they used were old. Their wine bottles were old and rent and bound up. They had old shoes and old garments, and even the bread they had was moldy and dry. It looks like they had traveled for so long to get to where they were. And it would be that Joshua would see, you know what, these people are really not a threat. They're from a long ways away. This is, this is not a group of people that's going to try to infringe on God's benefits, infringe on what God has in store. We're just going to let them be around. That was the technique. The enemy's always using 
these types of te- techniques on people, even to make them feel sorry for. This is a trend of the world. I'm not talking about not being compassionate. I'm not talking about not being loving. I'm talking about the world wanting you to tolerate. I'm talking about the world wanting you to be okay with. I'm wanting, I'm talking to you about the world saying, you know what? It's not going to upset you. Just, just let them survive. Just let them be there. Just, just uh, ignore. Just, that's what the world is wanting you and I to do with the enemy. Pastor's preaching this morning. Let me tell you, he'll sneak in with that. Everything about him is a lie. He is the father of lies. Everything about the enemy is untrue. Everything about him is trickery and trying to get in with some type of device into your life and into your family and into your spirituality. That's what he continually tries to do. The Gibeonites wanted the Israelites to think that they were harmless. Verse 6 says, make ye a league with us. That means a pack. To, to deal with us, to ensure our safety. Sometimes the enemy's approach is just to make a deal with you to make sure he can stay around with the lie that he will not bother you. See, sometimes the enemy paints you a picture to make you feel sorry. How does he do that? Well, he does this a lot of times through people or mindsets. And he puts these types of things into your thinking. That you've missed out on life. Hear me this morning. You've been deprived of the blessings of what life can give. It's okay if it's quiet. I'm going to preach it anyway. He will say statements like, you were born that way. That's because of your family that you will always feel trapped, depressed, oppressed, worthless, low self-esteem. You get onto a miracle round that you can't seem to get off. You, you, you always will need extra help and medication and counseling and therapy. It's, I'm not against any of those things, but let me tell you this morning, the enemy would love for you and I to get into the trap of the trickery of just let him hang around. See, we, we know the obvious side of the picture. We've heard it for so many years. He always paints the happiness and the, the glamour of sin and doesn't show the despair on the other side. But we don't hear a lot of preaching that he lets despair be shown without showing what the glamour of Jesus Christ can be on the other side. He loves for people to take a hold of. You're never going to get out of what you're already in. You've gone too far. 
You've done too much. You can't be forgiven. You can't be restored. There's no reconciliation possible. That's what the enemy would love for you to have in your mind. I'm here to tell you this morning. It's the exact opposite of what the enemy is saying. See, he, he sometimes paints the beautiful picture, but sometimes he doesn't paint a beautiful picture at all. The enemy wants you to think that you've traveled so far in life, farther than anyone else, that you could never get to where God wants you to be. Everything about your life is beat up, bound up, and broken up. Your belongings, your gifts, your treasures, your abilities, your strengths are too old. They're outdated. No one, no one desires to hear or listen to you. That's what the enemy would say. Your supplies are old and moldy. And you might as well be thrown away, given up on, discarded, looked over. No threats here. That's what the enemy would love for you to be caught up in depression and oppression and, and worthlessness. That you will always be that way. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost right now. Mm. I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. The spirit that would try to come against people's thinking that they can't get to where God wants them to go. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. If you're new to this church and you think pastors preaching and hollering, this is pretty well what I do all the time. Notice Satan doesn't always paint a beautiful picture, but rather the opposite sometimes. If he can't get you with the glamour and the sparkle of life, he will approach you with the exact opposite. That you're not worth it and worry. And low self-esteem and anxiety and an overwhelmed feeling of no hope. Gone too far, can't get back, won't be restored. You've tried too many times. It's pointless. It's useless. It's never going to happen for you. That's what he'll try with some. See, some that's been in the journey, got their minds made up, he doesn't use that technique. They've already come too far in God. And so what he does is he tries to use the other technique of glamour and sparkle of life. Get caught up in the, the things that this life would offer. But there's some that don't have the energy for that, so he uses the other of saying, you know what? You're going to be stuck in the same position of life as you've always been. And I'm here to tell you that that's not true. Can I hear a witness this morning? I'm here to tell you that that's not true. See, the problem is very clear. Joshua 9 and 14, then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. Here comes the enemy right into their camp, and they don't even... Pray about it.
Joshua is a great leader. I can show you lots of great points about him. But he's like any of us. We all have our faults and failures. And he got caught. He got caught in this instance of looking at the poor old souls. Well, you know, I'm just going to pat you on the shoulder. and Every so often I'm going to say to you, you know what, keep trying. If you hadn't been at the couples thing yesterday, these are some little statements that it was being said at the bowling. If you didn't hit anything, it would say, nice try, try again. Yeah, this is what come up on the screen. Almost, maybe next time. It's like these weren't encouraging at all. That's what the enemy does. Yeah, you know what? Just pat you on the shoulder, but learn to live with what you got. You know what? You're just going to have to put up with it. You were born that way. No, no, hear me this morning. I'm telling you the truth. That's how he works. Oh, I was born into this family. and This, this is the results of my family. I'm trying to get you born into a new family. I'm trying to get you part of a, a new family where old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. I'm talking about living in the realm of seeking out to God. The men took over their victuals and they asked not counsel of the mouth of the Lord. And Joshua made peace with them. And made a league with them to let them live. That's what verse 15 says. And the princes of the congregation swear unto them. They made a covenant with them. We're just going to let you stay around. Joshua made a huge mistake. No counsel was asked of the Lord. It appears that Joshua felt sorry. For the Gibeonites, the enemy, and the Israelites had made a pack. See, the enemy is always, always trying to infiltrate God's people. Let me tell you what's happening in 2023. He uses the media. He's using the entertainment world. He wants you to think that certain things are funny. And they got a double message. Hear me this morning. If he can get you to laugh at it, he'll get you to soon accept it. Oh, that's historical fact. You can go all the way back to the 50s and that was their goal. If we can get people to laugh at things, they will accept it and tolerate it. I'm not telling you something off the wall. This was the motto of entertainment. Uses the sports world. I've never seen the sports world become more political than it's ever been. Music. He uses it in a powerful way. Trends and fashions and conformity to the world and peer pressure. His way is so cleverly 
and diabolically orchestrated. He uses advertising and commercial slogans. As believers, church, we must be exercised to think as God thinks and not as the world does. Because the enemy would love for you to just automatically accept the poorness of what's happening. You watch the things that are happening in the world. They use scriptural phrases and names in their slogans. Let me tell you, there's nothing religious about it. It's sacrilegious. Man, I'm on a roll this morning. The glorification of self and selfishness is at a premium. The total lack of personal accountability and the glorification of sin, of darkness. It used to be an embarrassment for certain advertisements. It's no longer an embarrassment. It's in your face. You can't even walk through the mall without putting blinders on at times. Edmund Burke said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. See, there's something that's happening, and he doesn't always paint a beautiful picture. He sometimes uses the exact opposite to infiltrate people's thinking. Paul writes in Ephesians, music come. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, and he's giving a list of things for you and I to avoid. And right in the middle of that list, he says, nor give place to the devil. Don't allow even a space for him to exist. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. It's time to take inventory. It's time to take notice of the ways that the enemy would love to try to infiltrate. Paul said, don't give him even a little bit. Not even a a little speck of space. Because he'll try sometimes to paint a picture that isn't so beautiful. A couple verses later in verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Grieve means not to be passive concerning the Spirit. The enemy would even use the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, you know what? You can have it if you want it, but you don't really need it. It's like icing on top. That's what this is how the enemy. You can go to church, but you know, don't don't make a show and don't don't let people think that you love the Lord too much. You know, you can attend, it's a nice outing for Sunday, but just go and leave and Don't allow your life to be changed. See, we never come out and say, I'm not going to, hopefully we don't do this, I'm not going to allow the Holy Ghost to work in my life. We, We usually don't make that type of a statement. But Paul uses the word grieve. That means to be 
passive about it. Well, it's good when I need it. If I'm around people of like faith, I'll let them know I have it. Do you see what I'm do you see what I'm saying? This is what this is how the world is. Folks, I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy roller, born-again believer. I've been liberated in the power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit. I believe in holiness, uh, and I suggest you do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar. Hallelujah. Uh, there's not going to be no sad picture painted for me by the enemy. And I'm not going to listen to his glamour and the sparkle that he tries to put out. John wrote, he says, and they overcame him, that's the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Take what God has done for you, church, and rebuke the spirit of the world that you don't qualify, you don't measure up, and you'll never make it, and you'll not overcome, and you won't get out of the funk that you're in. That life is just too difficult. I pray a rebuke against that spirit. Uh, I'm almost done. There's one last verse of that old song that the Lenny Wolf Trio wrote in the 70s. And this is what it says. Jesus always paints a beautiful picture. The colors are so bright and gay. The people seem to look so happy for he knows how to make them that way. Yes, he always paints a, a beautiful picture. It always seems to be ideal. Jesus always paints a beautiful picture. But the difference is that the picture is real. The difference this morning is your picture with God is real. pleasures of sin just for a season. The dreariness and the gloominess of life is not your destiny. It's never been His purpose for you. Listen, I could preach a message on all the stuff that the world would like to put in front of you to you to avoid. And I could focus on that this morning, but God put it into my spirit to focus on the other side. That the picture's not always beautiful. But he's always trying to grip people into feeling that they can't. And the old saying is, if you think you can or you think you can't, both of them are true. And I'm here to tell you that you can. Because I believe that's true. I believe that you can get out of the trap of life.
Let me tell you this morning, the struggles in marriages is not because you don't like each other. It's the enemy would love to paint a terrible picture that there's someone better than who you're with. I'm not saying your mom and dad were always the greatest of people. And maybe a lot of bad things happened to you. But the enemy would love for you to think that you are caught in that trap because of how you were brought up. But he said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Born of water and of spirit. And let the healing power of an almighty God cleanse you from the past. I'm not ignoring it or avoiding it. I'm telling you the solution for it. Would you stand so you'll have hope? I'm telling you, don't make the same mistake as Joshua. Ask counsel of the Lord this morning. Connect yourself to the man of God. I'm the watchman. I'm not a cockiness this morning. It's not conceitedness I'm trying to bring across. I'm the watchman on the wall for your soul. Hear what the man of God is saying this morning. The old saying, I can only use what comes to my spirit and my head, and these don't make sense to you. I'll, I'll, I'll explain them to you after church. Pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Rise from the ashes. Because you don't have to live the way it's always been or the way you feel this morning that the paint, the painted picture of the enemy is that you're caught. Mm. Second Corinthians, Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and he said this, therefore... If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Verse 18, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was it Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses upon them? Hear what it's saying. You don't have to live under the past. Just let it sink in for a minute. You do not have to live under the past. And hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, this is you, this is me. We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Let that be prophetic into your ears this morning. Be ye reconciled to God. Don't allow yourself, hallelujah, to be determined by either side of the picture that the enemy would paint. Say, Pastor, I don't know if that's possible. 
Oh, I can tell you it's possible because the Word tells you why. When you see the Word for, that's the reason. Verse 21, For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You know what that tells me? You're worth it. You're able. You can do it. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. I can be an overcomer because he's already overcome the world. He that hath begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of his appearing. I know it's Sunday morning. Maybe you wanted to sleep in. Maybe you did. Maybe you hauled yourself here just in time or maybe even late. It's kind of like, Pastor, don't be too hard on us. Just preach to us a nice little thought message. We're going to go get some lunch. A few weeks ago, God put into my spirit the other side of the picture that sometimes the enemy paints that's not what we've always thought sometimes he uses the poor me syndrome and I'm here to tell you that you can be a new creature you can have righteousness in your life because of him already taking the price of your sin God, I pray for every person that is in this audience right now and every person that's watching or listening online. God, I have felt the anointing of the Holy Ghost. God, I pray for our guests, God, this morning that they would understand, God, that how powerful you are and how much you love them. And God, how much you desire for them to be everything, God, that they can be in you. I pray, God, for the seas and saints of God today. God, that every person would understand. Hallelujah, that the enemy would love to try to infiltrate their life. Hallelujah, with the poorness of our society. But God, you've given us something to live for. You've given us something that's real. Something genuine, God. Something that's much superior, God, to anything this life can offer. So I'm after the individuals this morning, God. That conviction has happened already in this service into some people's lives and hearts and I pray conviction right now God not condemnation but rather conviction would draw people closer to you than they've ever been start them on a journey back to where they need to be bring them into a place God where you desire for them to be thank you for joining us today if you want more information connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca God bless you